Hi all, uh, welcome to Kryptonite. Uh, we are restarting this series after uh, having a nice long uh, New Year's Eve break. Um, and a lot has happened in the space, a lot of scams, a lot of new releases. Uh, you know, DeFi is in a different orbit altogether. Uh, in a span of two months, they have uh, discovered structured products. Uh, they have discovered a way to, uh, you know, uh, come up with more and more ways of uh, hoodwinking um, investors, uh, aka gamblers uh, in that space. Um, so to uh, take us through the whole, uh, you know, gamut of things, uh, including the crash in Bitcoin prices and the and the ongoing bounce, etc. Uh, we have Tejasvi joining us from um, Switzerland. Uh, hi, Tejasvi. Welcome back. Hey, thanks a lot. Uh, thanks for it was a good break. Uh, we could uh, kind of take a breather and see how the world uh, evolves. And also, you have to talk a little bit about how the, the, the Fed has been talking a little bit uh, about how it's going to tighten the uh, raise the rates and stuff. And all the stocks are taking a hitting, huh? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, uh, we all know what happened to Facebook, right? So people are <laughs> calling it, people are calling it the Metaverse company. <laughs> 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 so what is it like down 30 percent now Something i think like it was 27 yesterday i don't know what happened yesterday though. yeah so uh yeah the metaverse company is uh it's, it's going to be a joke uh for a while but um you know zuckerberg is a very smart dude uh he built this company from zero right so exactly uh, so I, I i still am uh, i'm not bullish but i wouldn't write them off uh by any stretch of the imagination yeah, absolutely. So if and this has happened in the past, right? So I remember him uh, making. So he panicked on, um, you know, on the mobile transition. So he was late to the game, and he betted on HTML5. <laughs> so that uh, lame, lame ass thing never took off. So uh, then he, uh, you know, the market uh, panicked, and then he panicked as well. Uh, you know, uh, people were about to write him off. Then he came back with, uh, you know, a proper decent app. And uh, and then for a while he was trying to make it cool with uh, you know he had an Android home screen. I know the Facebook home. Yeah, the Facebook home, right? Um, so that it's not like uh, there has not been stumbles, uh, but at the same time, you know, uh, every time people have been uh, writing them off and they have been bouncing back. So no, but here's the interesting ones. I think this time it's a little bit uh, more. Uh... It's kind of nothing that they did, right? That's that's the one thing that I'm more interested in. It's it's like the world is changing under them in some sense. Like TikTok is taking over in some sense. The whole uh, casual social networking is not a big deal now. People don't go to Facebook because they want to look at what their neighbors are doing or whatever. Uh, so I think there is a bit of that happening, which is maybe the world is changing and Facebook has no product kind of focused on that changed aspect. Uh, that's why I guess Instagram Reels uh, is a big deal. Like I, I, I read the... The speech he gave apparently inside the company where he promotes where he wants to make people to focus on these other things and stuff. I don't know. So I, I personally think that there are smart people there. The technology is uh, is pretty strong underneath, and all they have to do is crack the product nut, which is not easy, obviously. But uh, if uh, ByteDance can do it, I have a feeling Facebook can do it as well. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. No, so every time I look at crypto, and every time I look at uh, you know old companies trying to catch up, right? Yeah. Uh, I see strong parallels in the way, you know, some boomer like me tries to understand, you know, the new space and tries to map everything that is going on in the new, new thing to, to the stuff I that I already know, right? And it is, uh, you know, uh, first of all, it is a very tough process because, uh, you know, like you said, the world would have completely changed, could have completely changed. And uh, you're, you're still using the old framework to measure things. So, um, so for example, Facebook, the website itself for me is unusable, right? Totally. So I open it and I see a million different icons, a million different notifications, random shit happening. It was not the Facebook I knew when I signed, signed in like, I don't know, 10 years ago. 10 years ago, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, so the same thing, you know, is, you know, it's the same problem with shoehorning reels onto Instagram because uh, I use Instagram when it first, when, you know, it was first sort of like run by some 16 people or 20 people. Yeah, or whatever, when Kevin, right? Kevin Sistrom was still running it. Yeah. And it was, a, you know, an absolute genius of an app 
so simple to use right you couldn't even upload photos you have to open the app click the photo and apply the filter and that's the only flow yeah it's, it's super like now the 140 characters yeah so and that was a beauty of an app and over a period of time i've seen it you know completely go berserk now we have like messaging inside instagram you have videos you can upload whatever you want you know there's so many things so it's slowly becoming unusable yeah right, so no i i don't know so how it will play out i mean you are you are right that it could be the case that they might never be able to kind of adapt uh, and they might go the way of uh, kodak or whatever uh, or you never know they might reinvent themselves uh, zakarberg might write a book about you know how can elephants dance or whatever it is yeah. uh, there have been turnarounds before anyways so uh, the, the the point i was trying to make in larger context was that uh, uh, other than even facebook a lot of the growth stocks took a hit in january right so right. that was a pretty big deal i thought yeah absolutely and along with it uh, you know most of the crypto uh, complex also collapsed oh to- totally bloodbath bloodbath yeah so uh, you know there were stocks of uh, bitcoin going to 100k and uh, suddenly <laughs> you know now it's talk of going into going to zeros yeah, right uh, yeah there's always that i mean so the, i think the bitcoin uh, the problem is actually uh, again uh, with bitcoin it's the same thing which is that there is nobody kind of doing anything in the sense that bitcoin is what it is uh, you buy it or not it it the product itself doesn't respond to you it's not like it's building reels or uh, tiktok to compete with whatever right? ethereum is doing bitcoin doesn't do anything it just stays doing what it is doing and if people believe that the world is going to the dogs then they will buy bitcoin if the people if people people believe the world is getting better then bitcoin doesn't have any place so i have a feeling that it's just going to do it's thing where it can keep, keeps getting uh more people get know get to know about it and more people think that it's worth it uh people who are trying to put into gold will start kind of diversify a little bit but i don't see how it will uh take over the world in some sense not not anytime soon so, right. so I, somebody, i think it will just be slow and choppy for a long time yeah i think somebody posted the you know uh, like the broad scenarios right so so one is you know people just think of bitcoin as a speculative asset and it will forever remain a speculative asset not a oh, this is i think money. jp konig uh, wrote up yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah 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 i know i i i follow the guy on twitter yeah so so that i think uh, was an interesting way of thinking about it right definitely so i follow the first camp you know in in that uh, in an article which you can link in our notes later maybe uh, he had these three categories of people right there are people who believe that it is going to be a store of value it will replace gold it will be the underlying monetary system for everybody in the world it's one camp second camp uh, rubini and company who say it will go to zero it's completely useless whatever the third camp which is people gamblers who want something to bet on and it is the purest form of betting right? there is nothing else there's no it's pure reflexivity right there's nothing else there so it's like the ideal gambling maker because it has no semblance of attachment to the real world so yeah he he kind of calls out the the three people at least uh, who are there in the system uh, i believe that the number one camp is actually going to be the real one but there is no proof there is no sign that it's going to be the case so yeah, it might as well be camp firmly, number 3 i am firmly in the third camp um, but you are not in the second camp though, which i find surprising no so uh, so the way i see it is uh, and just, just to be clear the second camp is the one which believes it's going to go to zero Yeah, yeah yeah so i don't believe it's going to go to zero so so the thing is uh, creating something is very difficult right so uh, you know having birth bitcoin and it having survived for so long right and, and i'm not I'm not just calling out bitcoin i'm calling out you know Eth- ethereum the whole space crypto, in some sense yeah crypto space um it is you know you can wish it away and put the genie back into the bottle yeah and i think uh, you know if you are uh, an innovate innovator uh, you know you're trying to get your hands dirty on trying to figure out how to you know there is no other real world uh, environment where you can actually set up your own stock exchange and yes. have people go through it right yes. but in crypto land you can like you yes. can code up your own stock exchange you can you, take somebody else's open source stock exchange and fork right? it and, yeah yeah and fix what whatever you think needs fixing and launch your own so so my uh, so this genie is not going to go back into the bottle so you're saying right? that so, thing has intrinsically has some value this idea yeah absolutely so even if you uh, think okay you know it's interesting as a sandbox right you know so it has some value which is not zero 
right so it gives a floor and um, you know and i think uh, you know from a speculator's point of view i think uh, you know india basically shot itself in the head with its 30% uh, crypto tax oh, we right? can talk about that separately yeah yeah so you know it's a completely idiotic way of looking at this and if you listen to the guy who came up with this genius idea like career bureaucrat he's like you know if there's activity somewhere i need i want to make sure that we are getting some tax out of it Right. but uh, what are the other products in india that cost 30% taxes is it uh, short term capital gain or short term capital gain is 15% right no this is gambling so gambling tax is 30% no but what is gambling tax like lottery yeah lottery ah okay so all the vice uh, and vice, all, is, all the vice taxes yeah online uh, you know gambling rummy and all that shit is like 30% oh wow yeah. that's a very uh, <laughs> they yeah. went all the way huh yeah so they uh, not only that there is no carry forward so if you lost money this year you can't offset it against gains next year you know actually so, so let, let me uh, let me play the devil's advocate here a little bit so it has been well known in the nft uh, ecosystem that uh, wash trading and uh, carry forward loss harvesting is a big deal so you sell something to yourself at a loss and then you claim the loss and offset it against stock market gains right and because it's an nft nft is essentially non fungible so if you, if you, your asset has its own price so if you own it and you sell it to yourself nobody else can arbitrage you away unlike other assets where there are other uh, uh, goods that can compete and then you, you you your price will be affected by other people in the market the nft is by definition unique and you only control your price and you can actually offset it against yourself so this is a, i think a good thing that they don't allow you to use that as a as a as a way to evade taxes but again of course treating all of them in the same bucket is like a bit crazy right so uh, this is not uh, that is a good point so you can't offset uh, crypto losses against uh, capital gains in you know in some other asset okay yeah. so uh, earlier you could uh, probably lump it against your other income right and do that uh, but this is this goes beyond that supposing you made a loss in trading bitcoin this year Ah. you can't carry forward that loss into next year so next year if you made a profit trading bitcoin right oh wow you still pay 30% on the full profit next year because this year it's like a wipe out i mean no but what if you what if you didn't sell what if you hold it that doesn't matter right holding is fine holding is fine okay okay yeah so uh, so some some crypto die hard uh, guy said okay so the government is basically asking us to hold it Right? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so that is one way of looking at it. Uh, but uh, you know, the so other. What is your life uh, being in in Bangalore and other uh, Indian generally the Indian ecosystem? Are people actually actively trading, or are they just buying and holding? What is the general feeling? Look, it's the same as everywhere. Um, so there are very very few diehard crypto guys who, mm-hmm. who do this hodl thing, but. most people uh, you know look at it as a you know as a let's trade this uh, puppy right you know uh, so it's like a penny stock for them yeah it's a penny stock that is infinitely divisible so and they had a fair amount of fun so far uh, you know just like okay let's see put some 10k here so i'll tell you uh, what is happening right so we have options on you know listed indices right and uh, Uh, over a period of time uh, regulators have gone out of their way to make sure that people don't look at it as a pure gambling product okay. so they've done it through increasing lot sizes increasing uh, you know the margin requirements uh, how that margin is calculated you know what is the, all those things have gone so they want it to be used for actual hedging and not for gambling yeah uh, and even if you choose to use it for gambling uh, you know they're making sure that uh, you know you don't end up blowing up your broker got it got it okay um whereas and if you look at the volatility of options purely on a price basis it's a 100 wall asset okay right? same thing applies to bitcoin so bitcoin and the rest of crypto yeah, is a sure, 100 sure. wall asset it's extremely volatile but then there is no protection because of this uh, exactly review. exactly so you know if you want to trade uh, nifty options you need to go through kyc you need to open a brokerage account you need to have at least 1 lakh in your account to you know even trade one lot of nifty right so here 1000 rupees you can start 
yeah here 1000 bucks you can you know uh, get the same wall of right? course so so that's why it was attracting all those guys uh, you know uh, to see okay let's throw the die and the die so anybody who wants the rush of gambling this is ideal for them yes oh wow and the market is open 24 hours yes absolutely and um, the biggest problem sitting in india is that you can't win in this gambling game okay so i had a look at the you know so uh, i i try to explain this to most of my clients who want this bitcoin trading exposure okay because they they don't care about this you know uh, hodl and all that stuff so so to them i i explain it like this it's a 24/7 market okay and you need and if you you know say trade uh, nifty options that's only listed in one stock exchange in india okay whose data feed i have okay paid for and it comes to me as a stream which i can analyze and i can analyze and trade okay and the market is open between 9:15 and 3:30 okay and that's it so there are some hard bounds around that product and, and what can happen and what can happen you know um, and also you can have all these batch processes that kick in overnight and all that stuff let you be ready for the next day whereas in bitcoin land first of all you know in india you can only trade in indian exchanges okay of course, of course. This, you know lrs and transfer money out and god only knows you know what what is that so you, you can only trade in indian exchanges but um when you need liquidity that may not be there in india of course so let's say you get your data feed from coinbase or you know kraken or whatever ftx or wherever right and you're analyzing it and you realize that shit you know market is tanking somewhere and you want to sell here huh. here there may not be a bid for it of course not. yeah point, yeah exactly right? because it be like 2 in the morning or some shit no, also liquidity is fractured entirely right yeah so so the advantages of having a focused liquidity pool which nse provides it's not there in this you know in this crypto space so everybody goes gaga over the price but nobody mentions the volume at which the price traded definitely especially right. in the smaller exchanges right yeah so uh, you know and with all this crypto being infinitely divisible right so somebody even with uh, you know 10 rupees can pay 69 uh, you know 420 exactly <laughs> i know i heard that i heard that <laughs> <laughs> and get that printed so and you are here you know getting the, these feeds from an, everywhere and if you're not adjusting it for volume and the reality of you know how much it got traded then you are a fool right because you got to get wrecked man you got to get wrecked yeah so you know so i told them that look uh, the right way to do this is you know uh, set set yourself up in singapore get all these you know uh, first of all data flows going and then open an account in each of these main exchanges and yeah. then you trade that you know based on the order book so uh, if you are not able to do it don't do this Right, yes, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to win in this trading. Uh, but how how are people like Wazirx and all these Zepay, all these guys dealing with the liquidity fracturing and all that? They don't deal with it. Man. It's not really? like they're pay, doing market uh, making over there. No, they really not. Uh, oh man, so, so the whole space is a bit kind of messed up in India, then, in some sense. It's completely messed up, man. Um, look, the hope was that in this regulatory vacuum, at least. couple of them will grow up and one will become bsc and the other will become nsc equivalent but that's yeah. not happening it doesn't yeah. seem like it's happening huh? no because the the big money guys don't want to enter this right so like but, but why doesn't somebody take up the market making role like you know somebody with a lot of with deep pockets because first of all uh, it is not treated as a business so unless yeah. uh, you know there is uh, regulatory clarity nobody wants to yolo into this that's true and they 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 have too much to lose Yeah, and if you look at the you know NSE infrastructure and even BSC, right? So they have all these co-location servers and all those facilities where you you know they only have the rack, okay? So you just rent out the server space and you know um, you the best let, let the best algorithm win, so to speak. Yeah. Whereas here, you know, it's a total clusterfuck because you know there's no rack to speak. There's no rack. There's no the pricing is set everywhere. Right? I mean, though it's worldwide divided market. I mean, it's a different story. yeah and um, and then you know you need a reference price you know if you want to do a, any sort of market i remember making. you telling me in the previous episode about how the bitcoin spot etf has the problem where the reference price is unknown yeah yeah 
so even uh, the future bitcoin futures uh, thing is also you know in the same soup because you know in, i think in the same episode uh, we discussed how advisors you know uh, who are managing trillions of dollars will be you know allocating against that hasn't really happened it hasn't happened no yeah so you know the aem even though it is large you know it's a fairly successful etf launch it hasn't really rocketed up like how i thought it would uh, I, i was expecting a lot as well it's not happened so maybe yeah. people are waiting for the spot etf uh, anyway so this is like the the, the, the indian uh, but uh, is there anything else that came out of the indian tax uh, uh, the budget announcement other than this uh, 30% tax 30% tax no carry forward and you know and they're still waiting for a you know a proper crypto bill which uh, you know hasn't but uh, what is the legality the, the, the budget kind of is is law right uh law when it comes to taxation so so ah. for example you know if you are a dacoit in uh, bihar right and you stole something you still pay 30% tax on it so that doesn't mean <laughs> <laughs> what you did was legal yeah. <laughs> fantastic so whether yeah. it is whether or not it is legal is still open question yeah. but the taxation is clear now yeah <laughs> you know, i love it you know the, the business end of the equation is solved oh wow so, <laughs> They also yeah. add some uh, some some lip service to the digital rupee and stuff like that. I don't know whether that's gonna go any forward. Any, oh, any, any. Uh, one more thing. Now that you've mentioned, uh, there's a one. Uh, so, if you uh, sell something, then uh, <laughs> the exchange has to cut one percent TDS uh, tax reduction at source. So, if you sell hundred rupees of Bitcoin, <laughs> they have to cut one rupee. But this is and independent of the self-reporting you do later in the tax year. yeah this is different so so the idea behind tds is that uh, you know you uh, the uh, exchange uh, cuts it on your behalf because when you sell something you're crystallizing something you don't know yeah. what it is yet sure. so you, you, they're going to cut 1% which you can uh, claim at the point of okay uh, okay 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 so the idea is that income tax department automatically knows which pan has traded of course now they yeah. can then they can uh, it's like a, it's like a it's like a beacon and they can press yeah. the beacon all the way down yeah and uh, you know the funny thing is they put uh, tds on uh, lrs and all that which is you know the legal way of remitting money and um, you know it's the same nonsense because oh there is like uh, 7% or something okay over 10 lakhs so everybody tries to be below that you know 10 lakh limit every year uh, at least you know middle class guys like me um, but here there is no uh, limit right so even if you trade 100 100 bucks, rupees it will be taxed yeah. yes yes yeah it will be uh, paying tds so which is kind of begs the question like what if there was a fraud right because here nobody goes after uh, you know uh, crypto fraud because they have their hands full dealing with the like regular you know upi fraud <laughs> they're not going to go after this so if somebody drains your account right um uh, then obviously there is no tds being cut over there of course right? so what are you supposed to say that you lost this crypto asset and and then what if you know the exchange puts it back you know i have no idea and what if you fake it right you can always fake it saying that you lost it while not having lost exactly so it's uh, i don't know man it's i don't know who is actually working i mean i'm i'm kind of curious about this whole bureaucracy people who who have to decide this but they have no clue what's happening uh they eventually try to hopefully they're smart hopefully they know what they're doing hopefully some ias officers who are like you know geniuses or whatever are working on this we'll see no i think uh, you know they're just out to punish uh, you know innovation in general right so so their idea of innovation is you know somebody uh, has to fill out a form saying they are innovators please allow me to be an innovator and yes. some fellow is going to take some bribe and put on oh you're an yeah. innovator and then you go into this cz and you innovate there yeah <laughs> That's that's how they think this is this works. Like you can't even you, know, you are all this, uh, you know some dip, some uh, you know depressed uh, malnourished college kid in his dorm room uh, under his bed is coding and creating. No, no, stuff. he's not in the SEC. He is not innovating. <laughs> he is not innovating. So uh, this is what they think it is. And anyways, anyways, you know, anyways. okay, let's talk about this uh, worm wormhole uh, attack as well, yeah. uh, which happened uh, I think uh, four days ago. Uh, it's actually a very fascinating story. So I'll give you like a little bit of a background what happened. so all these uh, uh, crypto assets are native to their blockchains which is kind of a technical concept right so bitcoin is native to the bitcoin blockchain what that means is 
Bitcoin can be sold and bought only in this network of people who are dealing with Bitcoin. And that's where it works in the trustless, third-party-less kind of way. If you want to convert Bitcoin to Ethereum, you have to either go through Coinbase, where Coinbase will say, okay, I'll buy Bitcoin from you, then I'll give you Ethereum, and there is a trust in that level, right? So this is true, kind of technically, no matter what assets you're trading. So Bitcoin to Ethereum, Ethereum to Solana, Solana to Bitcoin, Bitcoin to Dogecoin, Dogecoin to Tether, whatever. All of them are independently kind of islands, right? And somebody has to do the, the matchmaking, which are, these entities are outside the system in some sense. So there was a, a, a company called Wormhole, which was backed by a Jump Trading and a bunch of other algorithmic players from the traditional world. And what Wormhole did was, they said uh, they will uh, take some Ether from Ethereum and bridge it with Solana, which is another blockchain. So the idea is what you do is you, you deposit some Ethereum on a smart contract in, uh, in, in Ethereum blockchain. And the Wormhole people are looking at the smart contract. They know the smart contract. Then they will say, okay, you have done the deposit. We agree with you. And then we will release an equivalent amount of Solana on the Solana side, or we'll, re we'll release a wrap ether, whatever, some equivalent Ethereum on the Solana side. And this is a, a, a third party who is doing this. But of course, they can't do it uh, on a case by case basis. So there is an argument for people uh, who are making an argument saying that they should actually physically monitor each of them and kind of do it personally, like manually. But of course, manually doing this is very hard. So they've automated the whole thing. And the automation checks some signatures, as in cryptographic signatures, of whether these people have said yes or not, the, the, the watchers. And the clever hacker, what he did was he looked at the signature checking mechanism, and there was a bug in the mechanism of signature checking where he could fake a signature uh, of the of the watchers, and the equivalent asset was released on the other side without. So what the hacker did was he didn't commit any ether, but he got the equivalent Solana on the Solana side, and then he cashed out around three hundred and twenty million dollars worth of Ethereum with his hack. Now this is interesting because. Uh, the hacker was, of course, smart. He saw the smart contract. It had a bug and he exploited it. But after that, the wormhole uh, company, which is running this so-called bridge, uh, was able to get its backers. The backers are, jump trading is the only known backer. I'm sure there are other backers uh, who are uh, kind of unknown right now. They actually deposited new ether to make up for the loss. It's like a private bailout for $320 million. And it happened in like a day. And I am a little bit shocked by that. I mean, I'm like, first of all, where is the money and how are they getting it so quickly? And how are they sure that uh, the hack was real? What I mean by that is, how are they sure that uh, somebody inside uh, Solana or somebody inside Wormhole did not do the hack? Uh, how do they know it's a real hacker who is in Bermuda or whatever? I have no idea how it works. But anyway, apparently the protocol is whole again and the the... the the bridge is back. The bridge is up and running. You can do the Ethereum Solana conversion now. And that's it. It happened. It's just mind-blowing. A couple of, a couple of uh, interesting stories. Uh, you know, I've been looking at this as well, and it's fascinating. Because uh, the the uh, the wormhole guys knew about this bug. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, they patched it. And they patched it, and uh, they committed it. On yeah, Bitcoin. they didn't deploy it. I know. Okay, so between then and... I know. I know. <laughs> you, you, know, you should explain it to the listeners. Uh, so uh, you should be just, I mean, I know this story, but can, can, just uh, explain it again exactly what happened. Yeah. So Wormhole knew that, uh, you know, there's a bug in this uh, particular sm smart contract uh, and they worked on a patch, but instead of, you know, combining that patch into a mega sort of release and, you know, obfuscating that particular thing, they released, you know, something very specific. So somebody was monitoring the GitHub repo of this and realized that, you know, oh, uh, they have passed a huge bug, but it's not yet rolled out to the, you know, uh, to the actual servers or whatever, you know, running this stuff. So between then and now, you know, he went in and he, uh, you know, uh, he could exploit that. Uh, yeah, and it was a matter of, I think, three hours or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. so uh, it was fascinating that, you know, uh, like this is like free money, right? It is, um, it is. That one. But you, uh, I, mean, I guess taking out the money is not that easy uh, because the address which holds the Ether now is kind of well-known because it's a hacked address or it's a attacker's address. So he will have to launder it through money, but laundering, not laundering, but they're called tumblers or mixers. You have to go through these mixers to get the money out clean. It's not that easy because people are tracking it. And uh, my guess is, this is my guess, is the money will be returned in some capacity and some bounty will be taken 
and everybody will be like you know it's all okay whatever you know you are a good guy you are a good guys everybody is happy yeah. so i have a feeling it will resolve in a in a nice way because cashing out this money is not easy right and uh, jump trading to uh, you know to its credit right it's uh, you know, high frequency market maker in you know the regular world yeah. and uh, they have been and uh, you know feet first they've jumped feet first into this um, you know whole market making uh, true to their space. name true to their name true to their name and uh, i mean there is they are a force to reckon with even in um you know even in the regular uh, space oh okay so they own a humongous uh, percentage of uh, you know market making and nobody has even heard of them until recently it's only when they entered the crypto space that they actually sort of went out and you know got themselves a decent website and you know, oh, so till then they were like kind of the whole uh, under uh, kind of you know back office Kind of, uh, they're hiding in some places, in some sense. Yeah, I mean, they um, they were recruiting from universities and all, and very few people actually knew what jump trading was. Okay. So I got confused between jump trading and Jane Street for a while. Ah, uh, no, no, no. So Jane Street is, uh, you know, even bigger, uh, you know, kahunas. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, so jump trading is not uh, that big, but. Uh, you know nobody really sort of uh, heard about them but it's pretty cool but do you think they will be able to raise 320 million dollars on short notice uh yeah, i am pretty sure it's not their money but uh, you know they would have convinced someone that uh, you know there's so much money in market making in crypto that it's that, worth the uh, loss that is worth the loss and uh, and there is money in mark uh, so much money market making in crypto because uh, most of the people who trade crypto uh, don't really know how order books work yeah so they just put on uh, a market order and uh, you know pay for the best so, so during that time anything can happen right? i know so, no, so for example there is a very interesting twitter thread about uh, so what happened was there is this uh, decentralized exchange called uniswap which we talked about before right mm-hmm. where you can put one asset and uh, there is a liquid maker liquidity provider who kind of puts the pool and the product is maintained constant over there So Uniswap V3, which is the latest iteration of the protocol, they have these things called liquidity bands, where liquidity is concentrated in a specific band of the of the price range. So when that happened now, because of this liquidity band being a part of the protocol, uh, the so-called uh, dumb flow is is uh, is kind of not served well. Only the smart flow gets the best liquidity, and the dumb flow is kind of left doing just waiting around, and nobody is kind of. matching the dump flow in some sense so there's a lot of money left on the table because the dump flow is just letting not getting exploited in some sense so yeah. somebody wrote about how the that the dump flow because and the dump flow is not dump in a true sense what i mean with the dump flow is the dump flow doesn't care it's not dump as in you're stupid it's dump as in because it doesn't care about the price sensitivity as much so if there is a people there are people who don't care about the price sensitivity can they be served with a with a easier price where people make money on both sides right these guys don't care these guys want the money So I guess it's going to happen uh, in different ways, uh, uh, but we'll see. Yeah, there are um, multiple, like even um, uh, individual traders, right, uh, who have this ability to sign up to different exchanges. So they are now providing this sort of, uh, you know, market making service because they know, you know, what is the uh, sort sort of bid offer in one exchange, what is the bid offer in another. and if some idiot comes and uh, you know uh, put some market order in one they are able to sort of match this because they have pools in both exchanges got it got it and uh, you know uh, they have written code for all this already so it so it's so not like i am surprised that this thing hasn't happened in indian crypto exchanges yet that's what i am surprised by i don't know um, honestly uh, you know maybe somebody already has and they're making so much money that you know it's not popular <laughs> yeah. it's possible so uh, i wanted to share with you one other uh, graph actually uh, which i think something kind of worth talking about it's an independently interesting thing okay. uh, let's uh, look at this graph so this is uh, what is called bitcoin hodl waves mm-hmm. so so the origin on the left hand side here is the in x axis is uh, 2009 the opening of bitcoin or the starting of bitcoin and here we have all the way to january 2022 so the top purple is bitcoin that has never moved ever so yeah. part of it is i think the last part is in the top here is satoshi mostly and in the beginning that was satoshi was the only one mining so it's kind of mostly him and then you see all these other waves right so the top second purple is the one which has not moved in greater than 5 years mm-hmm. and then you have 
Bitcoin that has never moved in four to five years, in three to four years, two to three years, one to two years. So the uh, yellow and lower, I would say maybe the bottom 45% is the one which has moved in the last one year. So I find that kind of fascinating because uh, there is so much of Bitcoin still either lost or held by people who are completely oblivious to the market in some sense. And uh, I wonder how this would be if you look at traditional stocks, for example, Facebook, how much, of course, Mark Zuckerberg owns a lot, which he has not sold, obviously, similar to Satoshi in some sense. But how, how is the rest of the volume like? What is the churn like? How many holders are long-term holders? How many holders are short-term holders? It's amazing that Bitcoin gives you this uh, amazing crystal view of what the holding patterns are like. Yeah, so see, this uh, this is interesting, but uh, I think it provides only a part of the picture. So, no, no of course, it's, you, not a, it's not a full thing, but I, I, I'm happy that it's there as an available. Yeah, this is pretty cool that you can actually analyze uh, the whole blockchain and figure out, you know, yeah. uh, what has not moved. That's, that's pretty much what I meant, yeah. Yeah. So, and you asked about traditional stocks. So the thing about mentioning those things, right? So in the US, you have all these target date funds and, um, you know, uh, S&P 500 ETF and all that. So they are not active traders. And most of the money is in passive, uh, you ah. know, uh, stuff. So it might so, look similar in terms of patterns, right? Yeah, it might look similar. And, um, you know, whatever uh, statistics that people throw out, right, uh, they're saying, you know, holding periods have come down quite a bit over the, uh, you know, uh, the years. Uh, I think they're, uh, you know, uh, not considering the fact that uh, most of the, you know, holding is now being done by, uh, you know, vehicles like ETFs uh, and mutual funds. And uh, it is, it doesn't quite reflect the actual trading activity, so to speak, of real investors. No, but I am actually interested in both together. I'm not interested in the trading activity per se. Like taking an asset, I want to know how many people are, of course, you, you might argue that people who are holding it are not holding because they believe the specific asset. For example, S&P 500 happens to control Apple or happens to have yeah. Apple. So people who have no opinion about Apple still hold it. Yes. So th that is true. I agree with you. Uh, so there is definitely this idea that the holders are not uh, reflecting their conviction in Apple but they are reflecting their conviction in a larger idea of index investing. So I, I get that. I get that. I see what you mean. Yeah. So uh, same thing with, um, um, you know, even in India, right? Um, I think Indian markets give a better sense of, uh, you know, holding periods of individual equities because here the whole passive index investing stuff doesn't exist. And even mutual funds, they turn their portfolio, portfolio uh, fairly uh, often. So here ah. you will see, uh, you know, uh, holding periods, uh, you know, completely collapse, like two, three months. That's it. Really? You know? yeah, yeah. So most of uh, the stock is turned out. So that's a lot of transactions and a lot of uh, uh, SS, uh, what is it called? The, the tax for the STD. government as well. STD, yes. Yeah, yeah. So, so the problem here is, um, um, you know, like if, uh, if you uh, look at, say, Nifty 100 index fund, right? The assets under management is trivial compared to what uh, you know, like uh, a large cap. Uh, HDFC top two hundred or whatever. Yeah, and um, you know, and the worst part is, uh, you know, there are people who will write, uh, you know, ten page, um, you know, investment thesis on why. They, I'm talking about like asset managers, you know, getting paid a shitload of money yeah. on why they're going to buy this large cap, uh, you know, stock for their fund, why it makes sense. Yeah, Purinju and the economy, yeah, yeah, yeah. the valuation, this is what, oh, beautiful. And then yeah, it makes a very cogent argument. Let's see how this fund has performed versus Nifty 100. Boom. What? <laughs> oh, man, you uh, are you are such a party killer. <laughs> so, so it's like, uh, you know, so after all this writing, you know, you've done bupkis for your investors, right? So, um, um, so a lot of it is, uh, you know, slowly drifting towards index funds, but whatever. So the thing is, mutual funds don't pay uh, capital gains tax on the churn. Yeah, I know. Lucky, uh, lucky unlike, does. Unlike in the US, but, uh, you know, so here the, you know, the kind of temptation to churn is that. 
and uh, also some of these are just fads man like you know india doesn't really have the tech uh, that the us has right the whole tech sector that is innovator here's yeah. all services based companies and I mean, there are some brick and mortar products like asian paints all these guys yeah all you know and it's mind boggling because uh, like people buy <laughs> you mentioned asian paints it's like 100 pe stock okay <laughs> and uh, you know people love that stock why because the price keeps going up and <laughs> it's a it's a classic tiktok investor <laughs> so you know i'm sitting here and i'm thinking you know which idiot you know buys a paint stock at 100 pe right it's highly cyclical but uh, there's always a story and as long as the price keeps going up it only reinforces that story and if you look at but if you look at some of the uh, other price charts right so uh, it, it it's kind of uncanny as to how the same sort of arguments that were used in 20, during the 2017 bubble is getting rehashed now oh really so there were yeah so there was a company called fm okay and they were into led bulb manufacturing sure so at that point uh, the government launched a scheme where uh, they would just give seven led bulbs to every houses as a into, just as a uh, sustainability thingy yeah and uh, you know also to lower electricity demand and all that so they said they going to do this and the uh, uh, person who won the contract was fm Okay. So everybody saw that FM logo in that bulb for the first time in their lives and they googled and they bought the stock. Okay. And it had an amazing run up. So you know 2017 it ran, you know basically 3x or whatever and uh, everybody was happy. But I'm like sitting here and thinking you it's an LED bulb, right? Any idiot can make it. Right? Or get it made in China. Yeah, get it made in China. So even if you put tariffs right to, to to do this it is not there's no ip there right so your what is your claim like you you don't have any your own distribution network nobody knows fm right uh, so you don't have a brand you don't have nothing so you know i i and they came out and they said they're going to do capex they're going to go big on leds and all that so you know and uh, back in um, so i gave up on all this Uh, you know individual stock picking a long time ago so the algo was buying fm and you know trading the shit out of it everything was going up so why not right um, so at at some point it sold and it got out and you know so recently somebody you know uh, mentioned that again so i uh, you know uh, took out a chart and it's a proper camel pattern <clears throat> so it went up completely collapsed right 2018 you know uh, was a massacre 2019 it was back to where it was you know like 5 years ago again oh, it has come up okay and the same bullshit rationale yeah right? same thing again right yeah it's like pli scheme leds make in india <laughs> you know but what the hell are you making it's picking leds yeah, <laughs> hey i i i hear you i hear you no but i, I guess this is the this is the problem with uh, having a shallow somewhat shallow market no it's it's a trap market that's my yeah, yeah that's that's what i was trying to say yeah yeah so they put uh, so many hurdles in taking your money out of india that money gets trapped in india and goes into all this nonsense it has to chase all this random money stuff generators yeah they, 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 they chase money. real estate they chase all this random stuff right i mean yeah so anyway, that uh, way, before that uh, one second i wanted to ask you uh, uh, just generally about uh, anything else in crypto that we want to finish talking about before we go into regular markets um yeah so uh, what are your thoughts on uh, cbdc oh man did we cover this before uh, as to why i think they are completely a waste of time um i think we did but I okay think, we can uh, rehash it again maybe for yeah. the new year uh, yeah. so a couple of things happened with cbdcs one is uh, there was a the indian government said they will do a digital rupee or whatever and then uh, the boston fed which is a uh, one of the fed uh, branches i guess the fed is made up of multiple branches the boston fed uh, with the mit they released a paper yesterday or day before about a cbdc design which is thankfully not blockchain related it is just a cbdc design and they also have code for it c++ code high performant it can do 1000 uh, 100000 transactions per second or something like really good stuff i mean good scalable c++ design you know well done uh, code so i kind of have seen both of the both of these i mean there's a real code which is not blockchain but you know kind of makes sense And there is a lot of talk about CBDCs by Indian government and Uruguay and Euro. 
digital euro, digital Swiss franc. I've seen all of them. Uh, my take on it is, it's already digital. So the US Fed has a has a separate report. I think which was written I think maybe a month ago, where they said that it's already dollar is already digital, and we don't really care about making it more digital. And we don't want to kill the banks because the banks are doing their own job, uh, lending money and doing stuff. So and the banks are controlled by the central bank. So they are not like independent things. They can do whatever they want. They are still controlled. And the dollar is digital and cash will remain a small part of the economy. So it's all okay. I think that's the realistic, reasonable perspective. But I'll tell you one reason why digital uh, CBDCs will serve a nefarious government agenda, which is right now money is fungible. What I mean by that is if you put 1000 rupees in your bank account, the government really cannot control how you spend it. They cannot say that you should spend 50 rupees on pharmacies, 100 rupees on groceries, 200 rupees on entertainment. They can't say that. You, it's your money, you spend however you want. If you want to not eat food, but you want to, you know, uh, uh, whatever, play something, you can do it. So if you want to do behavioral engineering of people at a grand level, you can, and let's say you want to prevent money from being spent on specific activities. Let's say they give you free money or they give you some you make some real money in your salary, but they want to make sure that you don't spend more than 20% on gambling. With real money, it's impossible to do because money is fungible. But a CBDC is not fungible. With a CBDC, they can encumber the digital dollar or digital rupee by saying that we will not let this money be spent on these merchants. And that is a very tricky one uh, because that then makes it very... Uh, you go into all sorts of philosophical constructs about freedom and all that. So it's, it's, I don't think it's philosophical. Uh, sorry to cut you off. Uh, because this uh, thing, Republicans had this, uh, went into a tissue about uh, how poor people are using food stamps to buy junk food. Exactly. So they want to, uh, you know, say that, you know, it has to be spent only on groceries and exactly. you know, they want to controls over, you know, what you can use food stamps for. That's the thing, right? If you give helicopter money, you want to control it. Yeah. So I, I think that's the, that's why the CBDC kind of makes sense uh, from a government point of view, uh, saying that because it's not fungible anymore, they can control exactly what it, where it goes to. And also that's, expiring money. Of course, of course. So you can negative interests right, like right down there, right? So, no, no, it's uh, Hong Kong wanted to do this. So they, they did some stimulus, right? So most people just saved the stimulus. Exactly. So what they want to do was, uh, you know, do a CBDC thing and say this actually expires in like a year. <clears throat> so you have to exactly. spend it within the year. <clears throat> exactly, exactly. So th all this. So there is, if you uh, 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 don't give them the benefit of the doubt, then the CBDC makes a lot of really, I would say, uh, I'm, I, I, I would be very unhappy with it. But if you give them the benefit of the doubt and they just want to do something good, uh, I think it serves no purpose. It's already digital. So it's nothing better than the status quo. But if you want to go really in a bad direction, it can go in completely horrible directions. So that's why as a matter of principle, I am against it. But uh, you, you know, you never know uh, if, if our principles control everything. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, uh, they will release it in some form uh, because they don't want to be seen as behind the times. So but the, the point is that it doesn't matter because the, the, the behind the times is irrelevant, right? The fact that Bitcoin exists has nothing to do with dollar at all. It's an independent idea. And for a dollar, you don't need a blockchain. It's actually for anything, you don't need a blockchain. Like anything. No, so, um, um, the biggest problem with the, the dollar, I, and I'm speaking only of the dollar, uh, is uh, counterfeiting that happens outside of the US, which is not in US's control. Okay. And that counterfeit uh, dollars being used to fund uh, nefarious activities. So, in the black economy. Okay. You so, mean actual physical uh, dollar bills are counterfeited? Yes. So a lot of, uh, you know, uh, like say, take drug, drug smuggling and all that, right? Uh -huh. uh, so they prefer US dollars as the, you know, uh, way of settling uh, between themselves. Now, most of the time what happens is, uh, you know, uh, dollar flows out of the US through some mechanism. Sure. Right? The whole euro dollar uh, market, yeah, market exists yeah. for that. Uh, but uh, there's a fair amount of currencies uh, being circulated, which is printed in the US, uh, but 80% of, I think, $100 bills in circulation are outside of the US. It's some crazy statistic. Yeah, like. I know. I heard this and it's like mind-blowing. Yeah. So where are, where are these $100 bills being used, right? So to fund what? To buy what? Right? No, I, I, but for me, those are all legit bills. I'm talking about counterfeit bills. 
Yeah, yeah. So, so the thing is, so once you have eighty percent outside of the US, most of it is now getting printed in, um, you know, in uh, uh, like uh, Colombia, uh, Nicaragua. Yeah. So the thing is, they are like uh, quasi-government allowed counterfeiting uh-huh. operations, right? Say, I think they are blessed by the CIA. Let's say. Uh, not CIA, but uh, by the, the local, local government. government. Ah, yeah. okay, okay, okay. Okay, so to fill some hole somewhere because uh, it's not easy to print uh, alleged currency. You know, the like all those security features and all that. So you and I cannot hook up a HP printer and print it, right? Um, so uh, there's a bit of government blessing, and they do it through that. So one way of looking at this is if that CBDC can, uh, you know, can cover the legit businesses, uh, US dollar denominated businesses that happen outside of the US. Yeah. Right? And, uh, you know, uh, slowly remove the need for US dollar circulation outside. So if you soon reach a stage of Modi uh, demonetization angle where the US government will say that, you know, uh, bills printed before 1990 is no longer valid, valid tender. Right. Things like this, because you have CBDC, convert everything to that, use that to transact. Don't don't yeah, so there is a, so there is some advantages in that sense. Maybe uh, we'll see. I mean, I I I don't know whether the dollar uh, has the. Yeah, I don't know how it will play out. We will have to watch. Uh, but I am, I am, I'm, I'm against the idea that it needs a blockchain. That's that's what I'm. Yeah, I don't know. Um, see, I for one, look, I like I like the whole fact that you know they created this. Okay, so some genius put together all these disparate. Uh, you know, algos and tech and everything, and yeah, they, yeah. It, they sold it. You know, and it's out there. Somebody, uh, you know, is doing it, and and it's actually keeping a lot of regulators on their toes. That is true, right? That is true. Yeah. So it's a good thing. So uh, you know, um, and this is the final stage of any tech, right? Which is the establishment kind of, you know, swallows it and digests it and makes it its own. Yeah, so that's yeah, how yeah. Most of the technology curve works. Um, yeah, so, I know. But I was yeah, hoping that they would go behind ML before they come behind, but yeah, maybe not. Yeah. Uh, so let's see, um, you know, hopefully, uh, uh, so, so next, uh, next month, let's look at, you know, uh, DeFi uh, as something being useful. Okay, oh, let's so do we've that. Been, uh, we've been we, we've been, so yeah, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> no, it's, 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 it's unfair, right? I'm unfair. There are yeah. some benefits. I, I, I do uh, follow uh, the research uh, papers that come out on DeFi. I know what they're useful for. I know what's the traditional market. What is it lacking and what does DeFi deliver? So there's a lot of good things. So we can talk about that, definitely. Uh, all right, cool. All so right, uh, thanks for uh, joining us. Uh, you know, we'll uh, meet you again next month. Uh, all right. Crypto night it is. Bye, guys.